0: The greatest mistake a man can make is to be afraid of making one. Albert Hubbard, welcome to Flourish. I'm Diane Plannedin, and you're in the right place if you're ready to live a more inspired life. And we do so by working on our own personal development, so we can be strong role models for those we love and mentor, strong for our own personal well-being. This is The Source, the best-selling book that we're reviewing by Dr. Tara Swart, and we are on logic. Making good decisions. All part of the books, well, it's a third part of the book, which talks about how agile our brains are and how we can really work it to our benefit. So, what about logic? Are we left brain, right brain? Haha, neuroscience has changed his mind. Here's what they say. Mm. We used to believe that logical, analytical thinking occurred in the left half of the brain and creative or emotional thoughts in the right. However, modern neuroscience tells us that any sophisticated decision making utilizes both sides of the brain and is integrative in its nature. Brain scans of people making decisions with so many different and apparently unrelated parts of the brain firing at once when they are thinking about a complex problem. All information flows from left to right, back to front, bottom to top, and in all cases, vice versa. The more agile and healthy the brain, the better this whole brain connectivity works. And She says there is a danger in logic. When weighing up Pros and cons of a big decision, it's important to try and remember this, although it's easy to get paralyzed by overthinking and decision fatigue. As a general rule, once we've made a decision, it tends to feel as if it was not as bad as we thought it would be. The key is to make a decision and then make it work moving forward. The weighing up of a logical decision-making is complex and sophisticated. It's also highly energy-intensive. It is perhaps surprising that although the rumination that leads up to a decision requires mental energy, it's the point of decision itself that is the most energy-intense for our brains. This explains why reducing the number of unnecessary choices in our day, what to wear, eat, watch, etc., is an effective way to conserve decision-making energy for bigger and more important decisions. Yes, our brain does take up twenty to thirty percent of energy. However, <laughs> the choice thing is an interesting point that I didn't really think about until I was holiday shopping recently, and I went into one of those big electronics stores just for a set of headphones. Just set of headphones, in out know, go go. No, no, they must have had three hundred different pairs. I'm thinking, your headphones, people. (laughs) Please, just give me something simple. I don't have time to ruminate about three hundred different sets of headphones. And yes, I was very decisive in my decision making and got out of there as soon as possible. It was overwhelming. It really (laughs) was. So I understand. What she's talking about. It's just too many choices. She does go into the neuroscience of the pattern recognition of the brain, and I'm not going to dive deep into that because we're trying to learn how to control our own situations. But she does say: as the brain attempts to devise the best response now, measuring the present situation against previous ones, we begin to ask questions. Does this make sense based on the data I have available? We then assess how this sits in our limbic system. Does it feel right? Our logical brain calculates likely outcomes and potential consequences, running a series of what-if scenarios, like a chess player planning future moves. And all of this is happening, like, automatically. But here is the thing. Our intuition either backs up or conflicts with the logical and emotional answers we then decide which pathways are least risky to go with hence the almost permanent lingering doubt that we could have made a better decision the key here the key here is that every decision we make however logical is always biased by emotion so when you think you're taking the path of least resistance maybe you're not maybe you're being too hasty or Maybe you're ruminating a little too long about it. But if you're aware that this is how everything works in your powerful source, the brain, then making those decisions, taking time to think, not letting emotion override your system, which is what happened when you know people went crazy in the housing market and it was like, a hundred offers on one house. Mm, that's your brain in action and your emotions pushing your buttons. Similarly, she gives the example in the book about parents who are uh no longer a couple, they're divorced, and if it was not a good divorce, those buttons continue to be pushed over and over and over again. Right? So it's we're humans This illustrates the fact that logic cannot function optimally in isolation. It works collaboratively with other modes of thought, especially emotions. But there is something we can do to keep our logic on track. Keep a skeptical eye on our pattern recognition system. Ah, keep a skeptical Eye on our pattern recognition system, casting the source, the brain as a watchman, one that can act as a constructive challenge to emotional tagging and sense checking. Any inferences we make based on past experiences, so you, you you develop a better awareness. And she says, you know what? Some highly astute people lack the ability. Around decision in a holistic way. This may be a consequence of rigid attachment to their own perspective, a lack of emotional intelligence, or a strong subconscious bias at play. Yeah, just because you have um, a very important position in this world does not mean you are no longer letting your emotions impact your decision making. That's, the bias is a true thing. It's really quite interesting. Logic goes out the window, she says, in this situation, and bias takes over. False logic, false logic takes hold. This is dangerous because you don't know what you don't know. It takes a major effort of will and conscious work on emotional attunement and self-awareness to reset the balance, but it is possible to do so. Well, so how do you spot false logic? You have to switch your perspective, your perception. (laughs) Perception's reality. Yes, your own perception. (laughs) Never did like that saying. But you have to switch it around. And she gives you some tips here on what to do. Consciously challenge the chain of comparative thinking and ask yourself, what's different about now? Because you're basing your decision on previous situations as well. Is my interpretation of what happened in the previous situation accurate? Could I think about the present situation from another perspective, another point of view? Put yourself in somebody else's shoes. We need to counterbalance our own thinking and challenge our assumptions. So you're challenging yourself. You're just sitting there and you're having a deep thought about this. The ability, she says, to think around a problem, flexibility and adaptability is logic in action. It works in multiple dimensions and is the antithesis to A to B thinking. The more we think in this rounded way, the better we get at it. And you can do that by, if you're reading something or listening to something, take a moment, take a pause, sit, reflect. If it's something really, really important, the more you can inform yourself, the more you can digest the information, the better you can make decisions moving forward. Because if you've made mistakes in the past, that's already in there, in your subconscious level. <laughs> you don't want to make the same mistake twice. And it's work. And it's the whole idea is to put your logic the test. Write it down, reflect. I take time nowadays to really think uh, hard about everything. That's an important decision. So here we go. Developing an awareness of how our logic and decision-making pathways are constantly being influenced by everything we are subject to, from the people around us to our home environment and new learning. Reminds us of the power we have to balance our sense of logic. When it comes to making big decisions based largely on logic, where do you think your strengths and weaknesses lie? That's where action wins the race. Put these ideas into play. What is important to you? And that's why I did each of the six suggested exercises separate, because maybe. You really need to focus on making better decisions, better choices, and filtering out non-necessary things that you do during the day that are just, you know, using all that powerful energy for useless things. So, learn things, unlearn things, relearn things, and take your logic understand your emotions, and you will live a more inspired life. Well, if you like the show, share it with somebody you know, and hey, hit that subscribe button. You don't want to miss the next episode. I'll see you then.